0: Hi, I'm Dick Johnson. Each week, find out what's going on in the world of V8 Supercars with V8 Insiders. It's
1: your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revelle.
2: Murphy expects improvement. My goals aren't aren't to be in the top
3: ten out of here, you know, at, at the front and winning winning races. Fags is happy to be back. I want to win races, here. and I think this, as I say, will be my best opportunity. We check
2: out all the new paint today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders.
1: Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action packed magazine. V8X,
4: the number one magazine in V8
1: supercar coverage.
4: Hi, I'm Garth Tander. You're listening to the V8 Insiders. <whistles>
2: Sprint Gas Racing has unveiled its new-look Holden Commodores, Greg Murphy, and the new Sprint Gas recruit, Jason Barguana, showing off their new predominantly red cars for season 2009. Barg says his year out of the seat was a real wake-up call to how much he wants to be in V8 supercars.
3: I mean, after what what obviously happened to us last year and the disappointment, first of all, of realising that you're not part of the show... And um, you know, we obviously had a great run in the endurance races with with Tony and the Galberto guys, but the motivation to to be back in a full time seat um, is even was even higher. I think that it, it, it spurred me on and made you realise how valuable the opportunity is that you do have to be part of the show. Mm-hmm. It makes you realise how much it does mean to you um, when you're racing, when you're not racing. So we worked quite hard on, on putting together a deal and, and it, it actually worked out better than we actually thought. Bargs believes that this is the best opportunity he's ever had in the series. We're surrounded by race winning, round winning, Bathurst winning team management, um, engineers that, that have won championships and won races, uh, crew that know exactly how to win races, pit crew that have done it before. Clearly Murph and I, and I, and I think that, that this this doesn't get any better than this, you know, like, we are a real team with a chance. And what does Bargs think about teaming up with Greg Murphy following their 2002 stoush? Murph and I have had a chat on the odd occasion, but <laughs> we, we've, um, we've uh, certainly got over that. We're big boys, and, yeah. and, you know, we actually more laugh about it now than what we... Uh, than, than you can imagine because, uh, as I said to Murphy, my wife and I have had bigger blues and, and she wins them all, all the time. So, it's, um, you, you know, um, yeah, it's more of a laugh than it is anything else.
2: Greg Murphy expects the Sprint Gas Racing Team to be bigger, faster, stronger than ever. But his season goals are no different to any other year.
0: In that respect, I mean, you always, you know, you always strive for the uh, for the for the, the ultimate goal. Um, sometimes they might be more realistic than others. That's all. But uh, you know, that doesn't change. i have still got to strive for the same things that I always have, um, and uh, you know, work towards. You know being con- more consistent than what we have is a big part and if you are more consistent and get more consistent results well then the, the bigger picture or the, the big goal is, is more achievable so um, we st- I'm not you know I've been around too long to be saying oh I'd love to go for a top 10 all that kind of crap you know that doesn't doesn't mean anything to me whatsoever so it's all about just uh, um, being on the pony and being on the top seat of the pony yeah. and you know Nothing else, seemed, nothing else matters, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be happy with, you know, I've finished in the top ten in the championship, I've finished in the top two in the championship, I've finished in the top four in the championship, all that kind of stuff, so really it doesn't, that doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, you know, for someone who's new in the category or been here for a couple of years who hasn't had any success, well maybe a top ten is a, is a goal, but it doesn't mean anything to me, so we've just got to try and be as successful as we possibly can.
2: Murphy thinks that the rule changes this season are the best thing that's happened to the sport for
0: some time. You know, I just think we need to make change. We needed to, and we've made some good changes. There's a lot more that still needs to be done in the category. You know, we've got to knock some, um, some cost out of running these cars, which is, is a, more, more now than ever um, a, you know, a key, key part. Um, so, you know, all that stuff's good, but it's good to see that the championship has made some changes because we had, we've done nothing for too many years now. And um, it's time to to get on with it and provide the, the, the fans with a lot better entertainment than probably what we did last year. So that's all good.
2: V8 Supercars have released a statement from Leighton Contracting which states, While recent wet weather has presented a number of challenges to the construction team, Leighton Contractors will deliver the infrastructure required in time for the inaugural Townsville 400 in July 2009. Leeton Contractors faces wet weather obstacles on projects across the state, said Darren Weir, General Manager of Leighton Contractors Northern Region. We have implemented a number of measures to accelerate construction of the track and facilities for the Townsville 400 once the west weather subsides these measures will include increasing the size of the workforce extending working hours and accelerating the building of the internal pit area once the roof is in place numbers the number of pe- the number of people employed by the project will increase to meet the needs of the project as construction progresses mr weir said Leighton contractors said that the general wet weather contingency for the project allows for several weeks interruption and this contingency has not been exhausted at this time. Construction of the pavement, including the placement of the gravel and cement treated base layers, is underway. Local Townsville Company, Mendy Constructions, was awarded the contract for the Civil Construction Works and the track construction in Reed Park, north of the Boundary Street and the Railway Estate Park, south of Boundary Street, is progressing. And together with Townsville Company, TCS, Leeton Contractors has commenced construction of Ross Creek Bridge. Installation of the pilings for the pit building was completed ahead of schedule. The site has been prepared for the cement slab to be poured as soon as weather permits. Leeton contractors are aware that other behind the scene work is continuing with production of reinforced concrete barriers continuing according to the construction program at a rate of approximately 40 per week. With more than 800 concrete barriers already completed, fabrication of the debris fence is also ahead of schedule. In short, Tasmania's largest annual sporting event is back in 2009 with tickets now on sale for the Falcon Tyres event on May 29 to 31. David Wall has been announced as the 2009 Enduro driver for Paul Cruikshank Racing. Irwin Industrial Tools also unveiled their new Lookstone Brothers Racing FG Falcon, showing what 18 months of development has achieved for the factory backed team. They also announced that through Irwin's racing program, a program to aid the fundraising efforts of the Australian Red Cross and the Victorian Bushfire Appeal will be run. The Race to Rebuild is a program where businesses or individuals can receive an outstanding Irwin racing experience in return for making a $10,000 donation to the Victorian Bushfire Appeal. You can find out more about this venture at www.irwinracing.com.au. And don't forget, the season launch of the V8 Supercar Championship Series will be held in Melbourne this year and open to the public down at Federation Square. On March the 4th, check out the V8 Supercar website for all the details. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. Greg Hooten joins us on the Y-Flag lap to talk about the Super GP. But next, it's Aaron Noonan and Peter Norton. Controversy Corner
1: is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X magazine. V8X magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage.
3: Out now. Hi, I'm Adam Macro, and you're listening to the V8 Insiders.
2: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Inside Motorsport, Peter Norton. Good evening, Peter.
1: Good evening, Craig. It's great to be back after a few weeks
2: away. Yes, and, uh, well, a man who we haven't had on regularly enough is a, a man who's got a, a fantastic announcement this year. He'll be subbing in for Matthew White when he Matthew's Today Tonight and other Channel 7 commitments get too much. Aaron Noonan, congratulations on uh, what is going to be a fantastic year for you.
5: Thanks, Craig. It's, um, I think that's the longest introduction I've ever had. That's a good sign.
2: Well, one thing I know we said on this show, uh, without pissing in your pocket, far too much. But uh, we we said last year um, that we should have seen you commentating at Bahrain. We were disappointed when you didn't get the gig there. So I'm happy to see that they haven't overlooked you for an international in this season.
5: <laughs> oh, look, I, I don't know about that, but um, it's yeah, it's uh, it's obviously the the gig that in in what we do, it's uh, it's our equivalent of a. Um, of signing with a HRT or a Triple isn't it? It's the, the top gig in, uh, in what you want to do. So um, it's great to get the opportunity. It's great to uh, be entrusted with uh, filling that chair for, well, not quite sure how many rounds at the moment, depends on Matt's schedule, but um, it's nice to be in a situation to work with some, um, some pretty good people. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting.
4: And As we often see, it's one of those overnight successes that's really about 10 years in the making.
5: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's uh, this is uh, year three uh, of me with with Seven and V8 TV. So, um, but I guess it's been yeah. You're right. It virtually is ten years since I first popped up in uh, in motor racing through through journalism and, and then did a bit of PR and and now TV. So yeah, it really is a, a, the ten year story that I guess people probably only noticed the last couple of years on TV. But I guess you just uh, Keep your head down, backside up, and you know if you work hard enough, and the the ball bounces the right way on a few occasions, uh, you know things good things can happen. Mm.
2: Now, of course, you have been working hard on V8 inside V8 Extra, and uh, this year will that continue for you? Uh,
5: that's a good question. Uh, at, at the moment, I'm uh, we're still obviously talking about uh, a range of the things that are coming up in the year on on seven and through V8 TV. So. Um, Exactly, what other uh, involvement I'll have with other uh, elements of our broadcast this year, away from filling in for Matt, uh, is still in the air. So um, I'm sure that'll be—we'll uh, sort all that out very, very shortly. And you know, I guess you guys will be uh, pretty much the first to know.
2: It's going to be a interesting year for a lot of reasons, not only because of the changes uh, with you getting a microphone uh, for good, but. Uh, yeah. We also have seen a lot of rule changes this year. How do you think they're going to impact on the 2009 season?
5: I really think in the way that um, there's obviously a lot of changes with E85 fuel and the ramifications of the pit stops for fuel with an option tyre now, uh, change in race formats, lots of changes between drivers and teams, a new FG Falcon. I think there's, this is probably the biggest uh, change around in an off-season in a long time, but... I don't think it really will change the people who win. Um, It will create a different path to the same scenario uh, and be more interesting, I think, particularly for a TV viewing audience. Um, Some of the things that I I think will be definite uh, improvements and changes uh, and will spice up the racing and and mix it up a bit. There's a couple that I'm not still quite 100% sure of in terms of how they're going to, to police things, particularly the soft tyre is one of those. But I think it just throws up more variables. So the guy who wins, particularly the championship, um, has overcome the most amount of variables of probably any champion in, in the last 10 years.
2: Mm. Peter, I have to admit, I'm not sold on the qualifying, one qualifying, get you two race starts. What about you?
4: Well, I think it's good that we've got a TV commentator on tonight because I think that a lot of these changes will put a fair bit of pressure on Uh I've often found that the top 10 shootout uh, when you're trackside to be dead boring. You know, there's certain tracks where it works a treat. Bathurst, of course, is one of them, where there's just the, the whole atmosphere around it and the history makes it work. But there's been some tracks, like you know, it could be Winton or something like that, where uh, having only one car on the track is dead boring. So uh, good luck to the commentators uh, for the TV to keep that fascinating. And uh, I think that that goes the same uh, for a lot of these uh, changes and the complexity uh, for the average punter to stay on top of uh, you know, who's had the fuel stop, who's got the soft tyres and all these other things. Uh, but coming back to your, your main question there, Craig, um, yeah, the idea that uh, uh, where you qualify, you get two bites at the cherry, that, that uh, starts you for Sunday and Sunday, um, there's going to be winners and losers from that. Uh, some of the things I like about the idea is that people on the Saturday won't have to uh, hold back knowing that if they make a mistake and get spun out or something, that that ruins their whole weekend. Uh, Because come Sunday morning, they uh, buff out the scratches and they're back to where they were. Uh, But for every winner, there's going to be a loser out of those sorts of scenarios.
2: Aaron, what about you? What do you think of uh, that rule in particular?
5: Yeah, I think what they've done this year is Obviously, another of uh, the elements is that there's no such thing as a round anymore, which we, we we kind of have to re-educate people on the the processes of formats. But in creating each race being, well, well, essentially its own entity over the course of a race weekend, we've kind of gone nine-tenths of the way, but not quite all the way, because qualifying, obviously, as we mentioned, determines the grid for both the races rather than Uh, the finishing results of Saturday determining the starting order for Sunday. So initially last year there was a a concept being uh, floated around of qualifying on the Saturday as per normal with the top 10 shootout for the third leg uh, to determine the Saturday grid. And then Sunday morning, an all-in brawl basically, 20-minute session, everyone on the track, and um, that would determine the grid for Sunday, which I have to say I was a fan of that. it's going to work one way or the other. It depends on who's on what end of the stick, really. If you, uh, it just overall it creates uh, the situation. We're qualifying now has always been important, but it's now ten times as important. So uh, let's wait and see how it pans out at Clipsal and, and Hamilton, uh, because I'm sure that there'll be a top name driver who doesn't qualify terribly well, does a great job on Saturday, comes through the grid but then has to do it again on Sunday. So uh, there'll be people arguing one way or the other, depending on how it affects them first time
4: out. I think there'll be some tracks uh, using the the sort of stereotypical uh, tracks where it's tight and hard to pass. So, you know, Winton or the Gold Coast, for example. If you qualify poorly, you'd be tempted to pack it away. Yeah, there's
5: there's probably that concept too, Peter. I I reckon that um, one of the interesting things is for... Someone who's potentially quick but starting, you know, outside the top 20, do they sit there and say, well, I'm just going to go for it because I've got to go from here again tomorrow? Why not? I may as well. It's not like I'm going to be risking anything. You know, if a driver started 25th, has worked their way up to the top 10 with four laps to go, they're going to have another go. you know, if there's a position up for grabs, they'll have a go at it because they're starting back from, you know, back to 25th or so tomorrow, not where they're running at the moment. So um, in in that sense, it probably isn't such a bad thing, but uh, yeah, I reckon that it'll be a, uh, you can guarantee that there'll be some headlines after Eclipse with uh, the sore sob stories of uh, people who've been affected by this change, that's for sure.
4: Mm. Will this be something like the reverse grid races where we get partway through the year and it gets uh, revisited?
5: Oh, it's it's a good point. It's a good point. I I think if the groundswell of uh, condemnation really picks up, um, you could certainly see it changed. I mean, there's been things in the past that have been changed very, very quickly. I think uh, about four years ago, there was the uh, the concept of randomly drawing the running order for the top 10 shootout uh, rather than in the reverse of how, you know, 10th to 1st. And that lasted one round, (laughs) and that got quickly booted. So... Reverse grid races three years ago was was another good example. So I think if, uh, if it's seen that it is really affecting the show and it's really not uh, uh, providing the sort of results and that there's enough people arguing about it and talking about it, then it's something that they'll, uh, they'll certainly look at. So I reckon, that, yeah, that's an interesting one to look at in potentially two or three events' time. Yeah.
2: And I think that's the point, isn't it? Now we have the events and we have races inside the events we could see a quick change to a sunday all-in brawl qualifying if the other one doesn't work because we know that this year is their year to change and i think after the break we will talk more about this year and, and some of the things about this year that are going to be critical for years on but i think they've decided that they're going to make changes so if a change hasn't worked we'll make another change but it's not going to be back to what it was in 2008. It'll be something new, not necessarily for change's sake, but just because people are accepting of changes this year more so than anything else. But the point I'd like to finish this uh, part of the conversation on is the event point which you raised, Aaron. Is this preparing us for the fact that this year we have events with two races? Are we going to get to events where there's one race and getting us ready for where we go to maybe not locations, but we might be going to 20 locations for more one-race events.
5: Uh, I think there's no, it's no secret that in the perfect world we, we'd like to do more events, there's more tracks we'd like to go to, but um, I think we've, we've pretty much reached the limit of what we can do in, in this market. But uh, I, I still think it's critical that we have a race on Saturday um, uh, rather than you know simply the, the qualifying because it's uh we've got to provide some some value for money to the to the fans who are coming to the track particularly on the saturday and uh now that they've split the two races in terms of they have separate podiums uh, if a race fan goes on saturday they've seen for instance jamie winkup win at uh, at Sandown, for instance um you know They've seen a result, they've seen a final result from what they were there for for the day. So even if they don't go to the track on Sunday, they've seen a race of the championship, they've seen a podium, uh, and it was quite a fully rounded thing. So, But potentially down the track, you know, we, we always change race formats, we're always tinkering, looking to improve on things. Yeah, there could be the day where we go back to uh, one single race on the Sunday and... Uh, and and end up with a two-day race meeting. Um, But then again, there's all sorts of other complications, television support categories. Uh, You could fill probably three shows with that topic by itself.
2: That's right. And we need to uh, take a break right now on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with plenty more right after this.
1: To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more in the V8 of the races, you watch the action on TV, now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
2: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Aaron Noonan from Channel 7 or V8 Supercar TV, take your pick, and Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport. And Guys, uh, this year, is the two street races going to be the critical, the critical events, the critical points of setting up the V8 Supercars for what is, well... If if we have to believe everything that's tell, told to us is going to be the critical financial crisis of our time, Peter, I think uh, I might lead towards you being the the man that is going around future proofing the nation one business at a time.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, helping a few of my uh, business clients uh, uh, sort of fine tune their business for the, the tougher times ahead. And uh, I'll be, I'll take the pessimistic side first up. Um, these are very bold ventures to be undertaking at this point in the economic cycle. If it doesn't work, by crikey, they're expensive experiments to have. But uh, I think one of the things that we have to give credit to V8 Supercars Australia about is that uh, uh, they've been very clever in the way they've positioned themselves for this year. And what I mean by that is that uh, they've got the, the relative protection of quite a few long-term contracts that protect their, their core of their business. Um, very long-term contracts with a number of the tracks, a number of the sponsors, and you know, that's why this series has grown this year, where every other category of motorsport that you care to look at is in contraction mode. Um, so uh, they're, they're doing the smart thing. And again, as I've, as I've spoken to some of my business clients um, getting ready for tougher times, it's about making sure that you're in a position uh, to really enjoy the, the growth in the economy that may come uh, after the slowdown. So you've continued to invest strategically, um, you continue to position yourself in uh, the markets where you've got potential, uh, and once things boom, you're already in place. And I think that fits this perfectly, that uh, uh, if Townsville and Sydney boom in, in the, the years to come, uh, V8 supercars will have a footprint. They may have some losses in the first couple of years, but they're uh, ready for the long term.
5: I think you can pencil in Townsville as a boom. There's no doubt that that event is going to be a success, <laughs> barring being flooded out as they prepare the track. But its uh, I've not seen an event like this that had so many people lining up, camping out to buy tickets. That's unheard of at a, for a V8 supercar race. It's normal for... An afl grand final or a final series ticket but that's quite amazing and we've always known um particularly in the last five to six years of this massive massive market in north queensland and there's been a few road trips undertaken by some of the sponsors with drivers in years gone by unless you're from up that way i don't think you can really comprehend just how big the area is and how many people are in it so um i really think that that's going to be one of the highlights of uh the 09 calendar. And in terms of Sydney, uh, V8 supercars have really um, put their toes out on the chopping line for this one because uh, th- they've taken a lot of the risk on board. It's uh, Obviously, it's Tony Cochran's big grand baby that he wants to uh, to get across the line. And I think that one needs to be the... That goal needs to be kicked before V8 supercars can take what I would deem the next step. Where the next step is, I'm not quite sure. But in terms, probably more so of, of its foothold in the national sporting conscience and also probably in uh, the pages of the papers as well because uh, we've come a long way in, I guess, 12 or 13 years as V8 supercars um, but, and, and the current rule book, but I think we need to... Uh, you know, you can't rest on the laurels, and I think these two elements of, uh, these two events are going to be pretty critical to the, whatever the next, uh, the next step is from here.
4: Um, yeah, I think the uh, Townsville race, it is shaping up to be a, a fabulous event. As Aaron says, the, the whole demographic and uh, everything around Townsville, it makes this one seem on paper to, to stack up to be a great event. The Sydney one is going to be very interesting because uh, for a number of things that make it a bit different. And the main thing there is that V8 supercars themselves have quite a bit of skin in the game. And, and that involves that uh, they're exposed to the, the profit and loss on the event rather than just collecting a, a sanctioning fee. And that's a bit different to some of the street races that have happened over the years. Uh, you know, things like Canberra, for example, uh, where it was the, the, the government, who were the, the main promoter, and we're exposed to most of those risks. And it wouldn't be a fun time knocking on doors trying to sell corporate packages in uh, in some of the businesses around Sydney at the moment. That could be a a tough ask. So uh, uh, it's very risky, but uh, often where you've got big risk, there's huge rewards if it comes off. So good luck to them. Now, I know that you've
2: been scanning the financial papers, and isn't this the time where... um throwing money at the at, uh, luxury items is uh, never been better?
4: Yes Craig, uh, <laughs> there really shouldn't be any excuses to the dedicated V8 fan. Uh, we've got uh, uh, little uh, uh, stimulus packages from the government to help us go out and buy our B 8 tickets. So uh, uh, there's no excuses and I think with $900 you should uh, pick up some uh, airfares if you don't live uh, in Townsville or Sydney uh, and get out there to enjoy some pretty big events.
2: That might just pay for the accommodation in Townsville. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, it's expensive in Adelaide and Townsville is just unbelievable at the moment. Guys, we need to uh, have a look at it. At, uh, where do you think at the end of Sydney, in year one, we're going to see V8 supercars? Just Aaron, first, where do you think it will be? Will it be a stepping stone? Will it be a huge leap? or will it be just nowhere different to an Eastern Creek round?
5: Oh, I don't think you can accurately gauge that until probably two or three years down the track, and I know that's a, a sitting-on-the-fence type answer, but, um, you know, if it comes out at, at, uh, at Homebush and there's 100,000 people around, then clearly that's a, that's a pretty big success. I think what actually will help too, if we have a championship that goes down to the wire, it's exciting, there's drama... Um, that will be a major, major help, but, uh, being a parochial, uh, Victorian, I can't see the Sydney side as, uh, really, really getting behind it like we would here, perhaps here in Melbourne or in, in other cities around the country, but, um, look, ev- ev- it's being put out there, It's it's got to the point now where it's, it's there, it's a marquee event, and, um, unfortunately, a, l- a lot of its success probably lies in, the hands of areas that V8s and everyone involved have no control over. You know, the, the, the economic times, selling corporate packages, um, it's a pretty, pretty tough world out there. And, and we're not the biggest sport going around, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't think you can accurately gauge it off one year. I think that's, that's probably opening the, the bag to jumping to conclusions a bit too early.
2: All right. Well, we'd hate to do that here on the V8 Insiders. We need to take a break and then be back with more in just a few moments.
1: Making the v 8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X magazine. V8X magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 supercars showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage, out now.
5: Hi, I'm James Courtney. Each weekend,
0: find out what's going on in the world of V8 supercars in V8 Insider.
2: Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Aaron Noonan and Peter Norton joining me, Craig Revell. And guys, uh, there's a lot of new paint on these V8 supercar race cars. And coming off the back of our last discussion, paint makes the cars go faster. I guess you have to work out that paint means sponsors. And we have seen so many new sponsors coming into the sport this year, Aaron.
5: It's, uh, it's quite interesting. For all the doom and gloom that people are suggesting with the way that the economy is and people don't want to spend money or or sponsor things we've seen well rattle off the top of your head there's wilson security which have stepped up with paul Krugshank team to the point that they're backing two cars and they're the naming right sponsor uh, we're going to see an announcement pretty soon from uh, from wall racing with their much often talked about fourth car which will be Bundaberg red so that's uh That's another new name coming in boots and all into the V8 Supercar Series. There's a few obvious switch rounds between teams with sponsors that have made little moves here and there between uh, staying in the sport and and jumping across different teams. Uh, Yeah, it really has bucked the trend of of what a, a lot of people have been suggesting. I think next year... Next year's the critical element because there are a lot of sponsorship deals that extended across that will finish at the end of this year. It's teams re-signing new sponsors or getting existing ones back on board next year. That's when we're going to see the real problems.
2: Peter, is it uh, possible that the shift from cigarette money, now I think it's about eight or ten years from that shift, we've seen ourselves go into the alcohol money and if society shifts again like our prime minister was trying to do with alco pops could we see motorsport go into one of those major doldrums remembering the fact that tony seems to keep wanting to take us to muslim countries <laughs>
4: yes very good point there <laughs> the alcohol thing is very interesting and uh, it's only in recent years in NASCAR have they allowed their cars to be sponsored by what they consider to be the the hard alcohol they've had beer and stuff for years but now they're starting to get into the spirits uh, so there is a lot of cultural, uh, I think, barriers around uh, what's acceptable to be advertised in that kind of way. And and it's really just a, a follow-on from the, the logic followed with uh, the cigarette advertising. And I think that the, the, the firms that have been involved have been smart because they've been prominent with their uh, drinking responsibly messages as well. And I think if they started to portray... A more reckless image of motorsport associated with their products uh, they wouldn 't last very long and uh, I was always amazed with the uh, a previous uh uh, sponsor that had little uh, events before the race where the, the cars did the, the burnouts and threw the cones and all that kind of stuff. And I oh, what, well, you're not going to name? Oh, I'm trying to be polite here. Uh, <laughs>
2: the, the sponsor that is now taken over by Forex, is what you want to say, because you're looking for some product placement
4: yeah, into right. the Inet <laughs> Picks booth after each round. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I always had a sort of a little un- bit uncomfortable about the... Uh, the the image that they were presenting and it was about recklessness behind the wheel uh, with a huge B logo on you Um, and I I wasn't comfortable that was the right thing for the long-term success of uh, that kind of relationship Uh, whereas now the 4X uh, promotions, um, I I think some people have comments that that's uh, not necessarily the family-friendly image that we want to portray going forward either um, but at least it's not drink driving. It'll
2: be interesting to see if Cameron lets it go back to the pole dance it was that Wayne cracked down on in the uh, very first event, Darren. Yes, exactly.
4: Um, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) leave me out of that (laughs) one. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, And it probably will be linked to things, again, outside of the control of V8 supercars. Uh, Things like, what if if the road toll starts to increase um, and drink driving is seen as a, a root cause behind that? Then there'll be some pressure.
2: I guess, uh, Aaron, it is – you laughed when I said Tony keeps wanting to take us to Muslim countries, but we do have to remember that uh, if the championship is the international formula and Tony's got people lining up to put events on and international events are far cheaper for the teams than local ones, we have to worry about – are we going to a Muslim country? Are we going to a country that doesn't allow, uh, I'll say, McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken because uh, of their their uh, beliefs? And we've got large amounts of money being poured into teams from those companies.
5: Oh, well, as we've seen in the last uh, couple of years in Bahrain, there's been a great amount of respect shown by uh, the V8 supercar teams and their sponsors with uh, their branding on their cars. Uh, Jim Beam becomes that team, and uh, Jack Daniels became uh, just Jack, I think, from a couple of years ago. So um, that's certainly been been respected, and I, th- I think those minor modifications can be made to... So that's not a problem, but um, it, it certainly isn't a case where it costs less to go to these overseas races. The way they've been structured is obviously that the promoters and the tracks overseas in Bahrain and, uh, and China before that and the like um, they, they obviously pay for us to go there. So it costs the team no more to go to Bahrain than it does to go to Barba Gallo, for instance. So, um, And then again, that's another issue of how many overseas races can we have or should we have or shouldn't we have. But the fact is that a lot of the money, that, um, those massive amounts of dollars to get such a big show like a 30-car V8 supercar field and all the associated people across to that part of the world... Um, uh, are in and around the Middle East, and and that's where a lot of the money is. So that's really one of the areas where we're looking to. Mm. I guess
2: uh, one thing is we don't have the problem like NASCAR had. Peter, I know you used that example a little while ago. NASCAR didn't want hard liquor, not because of any moral uh, objection, like they didn't let the penthouse car run. They actually banned a team from having a penthouse-sponsored car when they had got a full sponsorship season out of penthouse to have it there. But the hard liquor was more a case of it was the moonshining industry that NASCAR was seen to coming from, and they didn't want to have hard liquor associated with them because they were getting the tides and the, and the family-friendly products. And I guess now NASCAR has felt it's moved far enough away from that roots um, that they can have those sort of sponsors. Luckily enough, we don't have that underbelly funding of motorsport um, that we have to wash our hands of, if I could say that. Although, Aaron, I know you're a great historian of Australian motorsport and you, you probably, for legal reasons, you know, would have to pixelate out your face or your voice as you talk to us about it. <laughs>
4: oh, I don't really have any real observations there. The, I mean, there, there is some uh, current legal proceedings around uh, some drag racing, but I think I'll stay well away from that one. I guess that is uh, that is
2: the great thing, though, about this sport as opposed to the football. And next week on the show, I'll get the plug in, uh, Bargs is talking about the characters in motorsport. Bargs and Murph actually talked to uh, Neville Wilkinson this week about the characters in motorsport, the lack of personalities and the discipline that motor racers have to show because from a very young age they've got corporate responsibilities in motorsport. And I think you'll enjoy next week's White Flag Lap where they both talk about how to be a character without pissing off your sponsors. Very, very important these days. It is indeed. Although a purist might say, well, if we get rid of all the sponsors, we can just enjoy the racing. There will
5: be no racing, I'm afraid. (laughs) If there's no sponsors, there's no But, you know, those guys are right, and they know what they're talking about because they've essentially created niches for themselves in, in V8 supercar racing over the last decade. And it's something that I'm really concerned about because we've got... A changing of the guard. Mark Scaife retired. Craig Lowndes has been beaten by his teammate. Who would have ever thought that? Um, but this this next wave—the wing cups, the winner bottoms, the Will Davisons, the Rick Kellys—they're um, all not coming through. They're here. They're here already. They're winning races and winning championships. Um, and no one on the street knows who they are, generally. And and that's a real concern. And I think that that's a an issue that we need to uh, to really address. And, and V8s need to invest in. Um, educating the public on who these guys are, and I think there was a, there was a chance a couple of years ago, particularly in Darwin, where there was a meeting with with all the teams and drivers of, of V8s, trying to get them to be a bit more controversial, to to speak out a bit more. And and I understand how sensitive it is as a driver when you you're essentially a, a corporate uh, spokesman for a, a range of companies and and products and services. But I think it still can be achieved without. Um, to use uh, your term, pissing off a sponsor. It's uh, We desperately, desperately need quotable guys. We desperately need guys to fill white hat, black hat, grey hats, all the different roles um, across uh, all of their personalities because there are some great guys in the V8 supercar field who have great sense of sensitive humour, have great experience and great viewpoints on things but are too scared to come out with them or perhaps haven't been told or shown a way for them to come out, but in the right way. So I think we need to do a little bit of work on that area. Yeah.
2: And I think, Peter, it's safe to say, we've all heard the real story from the drivers. It's just we can't print it because it's off the record and you're not going to burn a uh, relationship over one comment that might get you a headline one week.
4: Yeah, that, that's spot on. Uh, another element that I, I finding interesting in, in the last couple of years is that while some of these young and up up and coming drivers they're currently uh, unknown as they walk down the street but uh, you know give it a couple of years and in particular if something goes wrong they will find out that uh, the technology today means that their whole life going back however long uh, can be dug up and the reason i mentioned that one is uh, (laughs) it was just the other night i noticed on facebook when uh, uh, a young driver who's made a comment that I'm thinking, is that a joke? Is it serious? What's going on there? And it wasn't the kind of comment that you'd really want uh, floating around for, for your sponsors or you know the media to pick up on you know, a little bit down the track. And and we've seen in lots of other sports where uh, all of a sudden your whole life history that you have on Facebook uh, gets trotted out in front of the media. Um, so for this driver involved i'm actually quite pleased to see that uh, that comment has completely disappeared and there seems to be no record of it uh, i think some uh, some more sense has been uh,
5: seen there did you do a screen capture no i didn't unfortunately <laughs> oh come on, Gee. on the
2: never use that ne- never just be gone that's why he's a photographer and not uh... <laughs> and it's good you can talk to us about it because we don't need the screenshot. Peter that's why you're the lead journo on Inside Motorsport well
4: uh, it's not even something I could repeat Uh, uh, on the radio the language was uh, quite blunt on that that, note we'll leave it at that sort of cryptic comment I think (laughs) on that
2: note we will have to uh, adjourn this conversation Aaron great to catch up with you again on the V8 Insiders I hope it's not so long until we get you back hopefully the technology will be working a bit better than uh, what we've experienced tonight no problems guys cheers Next up on the V8 Insiders, this week's White Flag Lap. it's Greg Hooten explaining to us why A1GP is good for V8 supercars.
1: You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch watched the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now.
2: Greg Hooten last week announced the Gold Coast's new plan for their October festival. He said that the change of V8 Supercars and A1 GP is the perfect mix even if it takes some time to get used to saying
6: oh, look absolutely and uh, in choosing the name Super GP we were, we were about trying to get a name that reflected both the major categories racing there now So both um, V8 Supercars and uh, A1 GP because you know, we have made the changes and uh, we needed to reflect that in the name the uh, the new bill, how
7: has it been received and what are sponsors and, uh, and partners coming back to you and saying
6: about this change? It's actually been uh, more than exciting. I mean, the, the, the response that we've had back through our website and also from uh, corporates in general is that um, they're more than pleased with the change because they feel that it adds now a real international flavour to the event. Um, you know, nothing against the guys from North America, but it really was North American-focused um, and the other exciting aspect is the fact is that it's um, country versus country. So, you know, the Team Australia is still there and, and, and will be as popular as ever. So all that is part of a mix and you add it to what is already one of the best street races in the world. It just leads to an exciting time. Have you had to do any sort of changing to be able to fit in the A1GP paddock? No, look, I mean, uh, what we've done is uh, is make sure that, you know, we have our normal licence, um, FIA licences, and that everything we do um, fits in with what their requirements are. So really, no major changes, some tinkering, but what you'll see is great racing and, uh, and a great event as ever. Well, V8 Supercars have long said
7: that this is a V8 Supercar race with an international support. You, of course, say it's a double double main event, but how is... The, uh, how is the tracking and polling going when you look at this event? Is, are people coming for what the Gold Coast offers? Are they coming for the cars, either open wheelers or tin tops?
6: To be honest, um, the people actually now over, uh, over all, the, all these years actually come for the event. I mean, our last lot of survey work um, said that uh, the, the majority of people say we come for the event and, and they come for the atmosphere. Naturally enough, then when you drill down, they sort of, you know, then go into, well, oh, we come to the eight supercars or oh, we come to the open wheel category. But this event has really grown and it really is a festival of motorsport now. And that's what drives the public uh, and the corporates is that festival. You know, you come to the racetrack, you have a great day's entertainment and you can still enjoy the Gold Coast, um, the restaurants, you know, the entertainment and all the activity that's put on around the event really makes it one of the best festivals of motorsport in the world.
7: The A1GP television package, as you mentioned, is worldwide. What's that going to mean for this event's stature and reputation, into particularly uh, Asia, where
6: A1GP is so well received? Oh, exactly. Look, and that uh, again, from a Gold Coast and from a government's perspective, is is part of the vital ingredients with this event. Is that, you know, yes, I mean, when the North America was a focus from a tourism point of view, it was, um, you know, it provided a great boost, but the international aspect, and as you said, the Asian strength of this um, series, A1, really means that we do dovetail now into what Queensland come and tourism are looking for in the promotion of this event. So we can bring it to a much broader market and that's where the advantage of the TV comes in. It's taken in more countries around the world and goes into more homes. Just
7: looking back, if I can, for a moment, uh, your relationship now with Tony George, the IndyCar series, how is that?
6: Uh, how is that relationship? I oh, look, fine. Look, I mean, I think, uh, we, you know, when we all agreed to part ways, we all did it on the best of terms. Uh, um, and, you know, I could quite easily ring Tony and say hi, and he could ring me. So, look, no one part, parted ways with any animosity. We understood what they wanted to do with their series. And they understood where we needed to go with this race and the date. So, look, we parted on the best of terms. Mm. And in truth, you actually
7: uh, the, this race actually set up the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for now what is their biggest event, the Brickyard 400, because of your early days when you didn't have their
6: supercars, but you had NASCAR on the bill. Oh, look, there was certainly a lot of things that North American open-wheel guys took out of our race. I mean, there's no doubt as it metamorphs through a number of different, you know. Guises over the years, we were probably one of the key rounds that it had, whether it was the Champ Car or CART, um, and did help them sell their series, just like now we will with A1. I mean, you know, we will without doubt be their key number one round. I mean, you know, and the strength of what we bring to their series, I think, helps us as well from a promotional aspect. Mm.
7: Well, it is interesting times ahead, but uh, of course, it is going to be a a big year, and I, I guess. It'll be interesting to see how Super GP catches on in the lexicon because certainly Indy has uh, has got its own uh, unique memories and, uh, and uh, of course, it, it sets a picture that uh, anyone who follows motorsport and anyone that just likes coming to Queensland for one of it a year has in their memory.
6: Oh, absolutely. Look,
7: and, uh, and that picture won't change. It just has a, a different disguise now. Mm. I guess uh, the next naming uh, you'll have, need to add to that
6: is a naming right sponsor. Have you secured oh, one? Oh, look, absolutely. Look, we're, we're back out into the marketplace now, now that we've got a name and, and uh, we're, you know everything's settled down from a date and everything point of view. So we, uh, we, we obviously believe in, uh, that we'll have a sponsor that uh, will sit above Super GP, but that will take time. Um, but the strength of this race is the fact that it is where it is and it is what it is. So we certainly look forward to a, to bringing on a new sponsor.
2: My thanks to Greg Hooten, Aaron Noonan and Peter Norton. Next week, we'll hear from Murph and Bargs on driver personalities. Until then, as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, keep
1: smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.